I believe in the Church of Baseball. You're listening to the Complete Game Ministries Podcast, where we love baseball, we love God, but we know baseball is not God. You're trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? You're going to hear from players, coaches, and baseball ministry guys from all over the world as we talk about what it looks like to be faithful on the baseball field amongst the F-bombs and the two spit. So put on your cup and grab a Bible as we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ in the language of baseball. Now batting, your host, Justin Dillard. Welcome to episode six of the Complete Game Ministries podcast. I am back here with Luke Sawyer down with FCA Dominican Republic. Uh, How are you doing down there, Luke? I'm good. I'm enjoying beautiful Christmas weather uh, with no snow. Yeah, it's like zero degrees here. Um, yeah, but it's a dry cold, so it's not. It's a dry cold. So you can go outside in a t-shirt. Yeah, something like that. Actually, legit in a dry cold with the sun out, I could shovel my driveway. If I have like too many layers on, I'll start sweating. Like you know, I could probably about halfway through be you know shovel my driveway in a t-shirt. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite here. I could have zero layers on and be sweating. <laughs> you get out of the shower, dry off, and you're still wet. So correct. Yeah, no, I get it, man. Good for you. I don't feel bad for you at all. Uh, sweet man. Well, we last week we t- jumped into First John. We started our series on First John, um, and which, yeah, what would you say? A quick recap of what we talked about last week before we jump into verse five today. Well, I mean, I think you know, as we were as we were walking through this, I think for for me, um, and I think you, would, I know, it cut out for a period of time last sure week. Did. Um, what do you go, yeah, team welcome, player? Well, welcome to third world internet. Um, Leave me in the trenches but, taking grenades here, John. <laughs> <laughs> but I think group verse four, and we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. I mean, just looking at that from a baseball perspective, looking at that from ministry perspective, whatever, is that, you know, we weren't given anything that we weren't supposed to give away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, seeing this dude walking with Jesus and then solely walking with Jesus so he could give it away. I mean, it's, it's the same way for, you know, I was talking about, I realized that as a coach, like my, all my years of playing weren't meant for my years of playing, yeah. um, but were meant for my time of coaching and my time doing baseball ministry. And I think that's, you know, it's the same in the gospel. It's the same in baseball. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let me, uh, want me to just read, um, this week's passage, um, as we continue on in first John chapter one, uh, verse five goes like this says, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ His son cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Boom. There it is. All right, man. Dude, you know what's cool? Like this was... um, this last summer, we had a guy that, um, you know, so summer ball, but we had one guy that was coming late that, um, 
you know, it was on like a quarter system or whatever. So like we were doing team discipleships every day. And, um, so we had, we were just finishing up our, we read first John every day for like five days straight. Hmm. Um, and so this guy comes in and his first discipleship, his first like team, you know, time was our fifth day of being in first John. So give them time, you know, so they go, they read through the entire book. And at the end, you know, we get back together and really we're going to focus on chapter five, you know, that day. I'm like, cool. What, uh, what stuck out to you guys? You know, what, what God say to you? And I wasn't expecting this guy to say anything. Um, and honestly, just from the few phone calls we had leading up to it, uh, could tell this dude, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that he was a, a believer. Um, and so he comes out and first day, like I'm, I've kept, kept like kind of looking over at him, seeing how he was, you know, doing with all this and how he's, you know, jumping in and, you know, well, anyway, so I, I wasn't expecting him to speak up at all that day. And he goes, Hey, you know, um, uh, look, you know, I've been a, you know, church and stuff, you know, before, you know, Catholic church and, um, uh, but I've never opened a Bible and read it before. And this really stuck out to me. And then, you know, he reads this, uh, you know, verse seven, if, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, his son cleanses us from all sin. Actually, you read verse six too, but it's just like, which is basically the, it's a gospel, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's like, Hey, I've been to church, uh, church a few times before. I've never read the Bible, but that stuck out to me. Like, yeah, I hope so. But it was cool. And I'm looking around. I'm like, you know, guys are looking around like, did that guy just say he'd never read a Bible before? Um, Dude, that's awesome. But it was cool how even like the gospel, like, you know, even in the midst of religion, man, still sticks out. And it's like, dang, that's crazy. Yeah. And not only is it we have fellowship with with God, but we have fellowship with each other. One another, of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's the whole, I mean, you're talking about, you know, team dynamics over the summer. That's the whole thrust of the whole thing. Like, oh, wait, we can we can mesh together as a team. We can be a team in this because we're rallying around one central thing. And that's the gospel. Definitely. You know, and I've found this and I've said this a lot that we're like, you know, so I played at a secular junior college and then I played at a Christian school, you know, for, um, you know, to, to finish my, my four year time. And at the secular school, like there's some dudes that are like, you know, just like anywhere, you're going to have guys that you're close with, um, you know, because you're on mission together. You guys, you know, quote you know metaphorically are in the trenches together and um but those guys man if i talk to them now like there's our mission together was to win and lose ball games mm. you know we're trying to win baseball games so that mission together ended when we stopped wearing the same jersey every day right um, you know but then when i go back to you know dbu you know my four-year school they it's way different because they're like a lot of those guys, we got on mission together, and it wasn't just about winning baseball games. It was the gospel. The gospel was our mission together, and, and to get back at alumni deals, we can do more than drink and talk about how great we once were. You know, we can, you know, it's there's something really special about talking to guys and realizing, man, they're still walking in faith and all the things that God's doing through them and what their personal ministries to, you know, through their church or with their family or whatever that might be. Man, that's you know, you realize, man, we're still doing the same thing that we always were. We're still on mission together. Like teammates, that, that brotherhood doesn't end when it's about something bigger. Right. No, and I mean, you just think about the context that John's writing in. I mean, writing this to, to a group of people that are trying to engage in this thing together. I mean, it's it's so much bigger than than just, you know, an individual. Go, they, there's no point in the Bible where we can see individuals who are – 
you know, set out on mission together. I mean, you look at Jesus, he sends them out two by two. You look at the churches, you know, they're on mission together. You know, Jesus is, you know, talking to churches in Revelation. You see letters written to churches. It's all about this communal idea of what we're doing together on mission. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, or even kind of back to last week, what we were talking about, that, you know, just how your blessings weren't meant for you solely. Um, like Jesus, yeah, Jesus died for you, but not just you. He died for the body, you know? Right. So the body, you know, all believers everywhere. And the mission that he gave you is the same mission that he gave all of us. So we're doing that together. There are no rogue Rambo style, you know, guys that, you know, that are doing it right and everybody else is doing it wrong. And there's right. plenty wrong in, in ministry, you know, unfortunately, as you look it out. But that's mainly the product of people going out on their own. And yep. so... No, man, that's good. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I was thinking even when you were talking about this is kind of a, a tangent side note. Um, but as I was kind of working through this, you're talking about, you know, there's nothing to get together on beyond, you know, drinking beer and talking about how great we were. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that that really stood out to me in this passage, um, you know, you can either look at um, verse six or uh, you can look at verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Um, you know, I mean, I, I was thinking about that in the context of, of self-awareness. Um, you know, you're talking about guys getting together, talking about how great they were. Um, and I was working through this, this passage specifically yesterday with some ball players and just talking about that idea of self-awareness as it comes to us as, as baseball guys, you know, um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you were like me, but I don't think I ever had a conversation with a guy in college, at least, that wasn't playing, who uh, said, I'm not playing because I'm not good enough. <laughs> right. And if they did, like, you would kind of raise an eyebrow because it was that's not normal. Right. I mean, the, the only reason that people weren't playing collegiately, at least, the only people that weren't playing was because their coach that had 35-plus years of baseball experience didn't know anything about baseball. Oh, definitely. Or just talked about talk to any guy whose career ended. Most of them said like, "Well, dude, why, why aren't you playing pro ball?" Nobody will say, oh, "I'm not. I just wasn't good enough." Like, right. It was either an injury or my coach was an idiot, or right. I got screwed by my coach. Like that's it. Well, how many guys did you meet that said, "Yeah, I did the exact same thing as 800 million other guys out there"? You know, I did nothing special, therefore I'm not still playing baseball. Exactly. <laughs> But I mean, we were, I was walking through this with, with guys yesterday and we were talking about, you know, just the idea, you know, for them in their context of, you know, what's the difference between guys who are playing single A guys who are playing double A guys who are playing triple A guys who are playing in the big leagues. And I mean, the difference is, is minute. It's small. Sure. You know, everybody who's playing at that level has a certain amount of talent that has allowed them to get to that level. So now you're looking at, you know, for me or you looking at it from a catching perspective, you know, it's a difference between a guy who pops a one seven nine and a guy who pops a one nine two. I mean, those are the things that are that are pushing you up to the next levels of baseball. And so that that ability to be self-aware in a baseball sense it is crucial because you need to know where, where you stack up with other people, hmm. you know, or because if not, you're just going to get jaded and pissed. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've done that. I've been that. I am that. Well, and I mean, even if you're looking at this passage, as I was thinking about it, like ultimately what John is saying is if we say we haven't sinned, we have a lack of self-awareness. Definitely. If we say we haven't sinned, we're missing the whole thing in the first place. And, I mean, even goes on to say we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Yeah, there's Ultimately, th we have no self-awareness of ourselves in relation to God. Yeah, there's three pretty scary statements 
in this passage right here that if we say that we have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, we lie. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Yeah. You know, and we, so we we're deceiving ourselves, relying to ourselves. We're making God a liar and the truth isn't in us. Like, you know, cause it really, yeah, that's scary. it is, it's terrifying, you know, because on all of it, like you said, it's not a, I don't think it's a malicious thing. It's a, dude, you don't know your place in the world thing, you know? Right. So it's like, just in the same way you talk to guys or it's like, you know, nobody will say like, even like, why, you know, why aren't you playing Bro or it? Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, you're not any good. I didn't say it wasn't good. I said it wasn't good enough. You know, right. and I I think that's really kind of the the case for us in our in our faith. And it's like, you know, it, it's all when you try to think relatively to the people around you or the other dudes on your team that are getting wasted and chasing tail and you know doing whatever else that they do with no moral compass and nothing telling them not to. You know, it's like oh, compared to those guys, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. Well, no, right. you're not. You're you're comparing yourself to the wrong standard right <laughs> the standard is is truth the standard is god this the standard is what god you know laid out before us and if you compare yourself to god you realize hey yeah you're not you're not terrible but guess what you don't measure up you know mm. and that's yeah. and not only is that okay that's a beautiful thing because that's what points us ultimately to christ that's what points us to the gospel Right, because, I mean, to verse 9, I mean, we tons of people have memorized it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, there's a lot of depth there, but that it takes the acknowledgement of our own failure to acknowledge the fact that we need anybody to save us from our own failure. Say that again. So if we don't, Say that again. It takes, it takes us acknowledging our own failure for us to realize that we need anybody to save us from our failure. Mm. If we can't acknowledge it, we don't need Jesus. Sure. Because we can do it on our own. So in the same way, like, yeah, if we can't acknowledge, like, we play a game that is basically built on failure. Right. Like, you fail every day, you know, um, unless you happen to go five for five in a day and, you know, make play, like... You're going to fail every day, every day, you know? Right. So really your ability to deal with failure is going to dictate you continuing on in this game or not. Mm. Um, you know, and right here, it's like, that's, that's so life because I mean, you can go out there and you can do the best you can every day. There's so many variables that dictate your success outside of who you are and what you can do. Um, right. you know, so, but so it's not if you fail, but when you fail, what is then what? What do you what do you do with that? Uh, well, you got to understand what you're comparing your own failure to, right? Like we we can screw up the whole comparison of our own failure, right? Like let's say I hit 450 in high school, that doesn't mean that I'm going to hit 450 in the big leagues because you got to look at what you're comparing it to. Sure, like every single kid and every single at bat, unless you walk in high school, you get a bad pitch to hit. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you were like me, but I got to college and realized, oh, I didn't know how to hit the ball the other way. <laughs> and then all I saw was uh, slider away, slider away, slider away, slider away. And until I learned to hit it, I, I, I wasn't going to play. And it's the same way with that comparison. Like, we can falsely compare ourselves, like you're talking about, with mm. the guys that are around us and the other things they're doing. But if we're not comparing ourselves to the thing that we need to compare ourselves to, then we've missed the whole point of the whole thing to start with. Completely. And then make the, you know, and then turn God into a liar because we're throwing away what the gospel is. 
Exactly. And the gospel is we fall short of the glory of God, as does everyone, you know, but even though we are sinners, Christ died for us and that we have, and that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have unrighteousness. We we don't have any righteousness in us that wasn't given us by, by Christ. The right. righteousness we have isn't our own. Like we're sitting there with Christ's righteousness. But the second you think that you have your own is the second that you don't have any at all. Right. Man. I mean, that's, that's deep. I like it. <laughs> I'm bleeding from the ears right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the beauty of first John, man. I mean, you can't come away from reading this book. And that's why, I mean, I know we talked about it last week too. Read the read the letter, like read First John. Don't just, you know, if you're listening to to these two doofuses talk about it, don't just rely on what we say. I mean, read the book because there's so much debt. You can't come away from First John without seeing Jesus magnified in the whole thing. No, no doubt, man. You got to let that breathe. <laughs> and, I mean, it's yeah. There's a lot of stuff in here about what we're supposed to to be like, how we're supposed to walk, how we're supposed to live. But at the same point, if we, if we don't understand the thrust of the whole thing, there's nothing worth living for if we don't understand the gospel in the first place. Yeah. Well, what's uh, on the flip side. Yeah. If you, if you don't understand the gospel for the, for, in the first place, then you're going to jump into this thing and you're just going to take it as, you know, how can I take this and use it to make me a better baseball player or make me happy or make me feel better about myself or, Better about the yeah, things. John won't do that. No, no. John doesn't make you feel better about yourself. There, there's too many statements of that. If we say this, then this. There's too many of those throughout First John um, for you to distort the word into something that it was not meant to be. It was me- always meant to point to Jesus. It's not about you. It's like Jesus doesn't exist to make you know, for you. You exist for Jesus, um, and that that kind of comes out here really clear. Uh, right. So that's why we're walking through First John, and like we talked about last time, the Zoolander effect. Uh, we encourage you to read this book in its entirety because it's not that long. It's only five chapters, and over and over and over again. So in college, I watched Zoolander every day for 10 days, and lo and behold, I could quote the junk out of it and can quote it in context and it could do all kinds of stuff. And you, too, can be quoting scripture if you... Apply the Zoolander effect to First John. Get in the Word, man. Let that thing speak to you and watch it. You know, if it if you allow that to happen, it just might be coming out of your lips too. So, mm-hmm. um, and meanwhile, we will be coming back every week. You know, knocking out another uh, section of First John. We will cover every word of every verse uh, of this book uh, over the next uh, coming weeks. So, um, stay right here and we will, after a couple messages, we may have something to give away at the end of this. So stay right here on the complete game ministries podcast. take a quick second to give a shout out to my favorite sunflower seed company, Chinook Seedery. No joke, they're the best seeds I've ever tasted and they support athletes in action. So they're about doing good things in this world, including handcrafting the best tasting seed flavors out there like Parmesan pepper, Hatch Green Chili, Smokehouse Barbecue, and Cinnamon Toast. That's right, I said Cinnamon Toast. Not only are they the best tasting seed, 
They're somehow also the healthiest seeds on the market. So if you want to give them a try, head to ChinookSeedery.com and use the promo code COMPLETEGAME25 for a special 25% off discount. Seriously, go check them out if you like seeds because they're friggin' fantastic. Hey guys, Justin here for Crossover Symmetry, who just released their new Gen 3 Crossover Symmetry system. And it's truly the best solution to properly warming up your shoulder, strengthening the weak links, rejuvenating after a heavy workout, and maintaining your arm over the course of your career. Not only does this allow you to push your arm strength and increase velocity, but it has proven to decrease risk of arm and elbow injuries and even eliminate pain. While it's a staple for countless pro and college players, it has proven successful at all levels of competition as an essential tool for any player's back. So go to CrossoverSymmetry.com and use the promo code ATHLETENACTION17 for a 17% discount and get your Gen 3 Crossover Symmetry system today. That's going to do it for us here, so make sure to retweet and share this episode for an opportunity to win a free iBook of Well Coached by Keith Wall. So on behalf of Luke Sawyer, I'm Justin Dillard. Go fight win. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out in.